Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, a curated streaming service that's dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial subscription, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i am your host brian j rowan with me today we have robin barr bonjour bonjour indeed we are here today alone no guest some uh, scheduling stuff came up and we pivoted and we couldn't find one and we hope you're okay with that we are here all by our lonesome to talk about the new, or actually, it's not a new film. It's been out for a bit, but it's a recently Academy Award nominated film. Uh, it's been tearing up the discourse on Twitter as well for a while. It's Anatomy of a Fall. This is the newest film from writer and or co-writer and director Justine Triette. Anyone, wanna, Robin, you want to help me out with that? Is that right? I. That's how I've been saying it, but I don't have a francophone background. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, there's no one else here to give me any backup on how to pronounce that name. So you're just gonna, you're just gonna have to. Triet. 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 <laughs> probably like tr, you know. Yeah. They don't pronounce the fifth <laughs> of all of the letters in their words. Um, before we I'll do that. Judge. I'm just gonna randomly start this song over and over again throughout the episode. I absolutely love this. Mostly when you're talking, I feel like I'm just going to pump it up as loud as I can. <laughs> Misogynist! Because <laughs> this song has been stuck in my head for like two and a half goddamn days now, and it is super weird. Uh, and it is the perfect song for this movie. Um, so we're having fun already. Clearly this is going to be a great conversation, even though there's only two of us. And um, you know, neither of us has ever been accused of murdering someone. So, as far as I know, Robin, you ever been accused Speak of murdering someone? Speak for yourself. I mean, I've done it, but no one's ever accused me of it. So, like, that's right. The problem. So you got away with it. I was too good, and no Mazel. one even ever thought to look at me. But anyway, yes, we're here to talk about Anatomy of a Fall. We are looking forward to doing that very much. And uh, before we do that, all the usual front matter. Uh, find us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook the Film State Show, email us podcast at filmstageshow.com. And uh, go to our Patreon and give us your money. Patreon.com slash the film stage show for as little as $1 an episode. You get access to our super cool Slack channel. And what else? Uh, first crack at all of the uh, raffles and stuff that we do. You also get to be part of a lot of cool conversations that we're having over there in the Slack about food, about music, about movies, about that's about all Holocaust movies. <laughs> Are they <laughs> worth it? I have been staying away from the zone of interest <laughs> discourse going on in there because I have not read the book or seen the movie yet. Um, I think it's got a great poster. So there's that. I don't know. Whoa. We'll get into that at some point. I love uh, the key art. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. That poster <laughs> got released and I was like, damn, that's a fucking fantastic poster. Like, you know what I feel that way about? Because um, I like almost never feel that way. But like, I just don't usually care about posters. And I am not a Swifty, but I think the Eras Tour movie poster is actually like fairly iconic. Like right. every time I see it, I'm like, this is a damn good image. 
Okay, okay, wait. I think I found it. Oh, is the, is it like her and like a pink and orange background? It's and like she's fully in like a glimmering suit. It's like a sparkle unitard and she's got like the the red lip. Yeah. And again, I'm not a Swifty. Like I'm actually fairly neutral about the whole thing, but I'm just like what an image. I yeah, it's an Cinema. It, it is this is a an incredible image and oh it's gonna be the Eras tour taylor's version is on disney plus in march i guess yeah that just yeah. got announced today oh okay yeah um no this is a great image look i don't like this is the most normie opinion ever but taylor swift is an attractive woman <laughs> and this is a, this is an image that highlights controversy really great features of hers um you yeah, know what's funny the is I have, of her <laughs> I have a I have a recollection of I don't know 2008 being drunk in a bar and saying I would love to go out for a beer with Taylor Swift and everyone looking at me like I was on drugs when really I was just drunk. Yeah, because she was like literally a teenager. But I think I said something. Well, first of all, I was only like 21. Second of all, yeah. someone said she's a teenager. <laughs> I was like, great. When she turns 21, I'll buy her her first legal drink. I don't know what to tell you. I just feel like she'd be a good hang. I don't know she, if that's true anymore. Maybe famous corrupted no. her. But I've always, to an extent, liked and admired and respected Taylor Swift. And I like many of her songs. Especially her old stuff, you know. But her new stuff is good, too. I've enjoyed it. I think I'm more newer era if I'm going to make the choice. I mean, again, I'm really... I'm For a long period of time, I was basically anti-Swiftian. Um and now I'm neutral, mm-hmm. but I st- I have never gotten the like there's a person here feeling. Oh really? Um, I or maybe I just don't spend of- a lot of time with, with people like her, and so I don't. I I just it <laughs> it doesn't feel quite as real to me. It's just like normcore white women. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Nothing against them. Just don't see a lot of them. Here's my problem with Taylor Swift. She is too prolific. (laughs) I can't, I don't know what her last album was. I don't know what the one before that was. I have no con. She could have 20 albums or she could have seven. And I don't know. I mean, she basically has 20 albums. Right. And she just announced the new one, like the tortured poets mechanics. Department. No, department. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mechanics. I, uh, you know what I was going to say? Ministry? Because I like tortured poets oh. sounds like a uh, 1984 thing. So like the ministry of truth and everything. I like the idea of using ministry, but I think the meaning would be a little bit shifted in the U- in the US. Whereas like it actually makes so much better sense in the UK style. Right. So maybe they'll do like a Philosopher's Stone style switch. And in the UK, it'll be the right. tortured poets <laughs> ministry. Yes. No, the the tor- the, the ministry, ministry of tortured for, poets. The ministry for tortured poets because they okay, don't wait. like of over there. So is this a department where tortured poets go, or is this a department where poets go to be tortured? I think it's the department where they are employed to be tortured poets. Okay. Okay, that makes sense to me. All right. Well, speaking of blondes, uh, we've <laughs> well, got we, Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> we still have to talk about movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that. <laughs> I um, 
Uh, yeah, I. You know what? You're. What's funny? Okay, so clearly, I think that that's a great image for the Eras Tour thing. I don't know if it's like an iconic poster, but she's again g- gorgeous, and she looks gorgeous it on this, and that sells me. what you're looking for. <laughs> um, but the the what's I'm call it the the zone of interest po- poster. I looked at it, and I have not thought, "Ooh, that's a good poster." Since like the last Dune, where it was just like you couldn't. Re- you, it looked like it was a planet, but then you looked closer, and you're like, "Oh, that's a Dune." Um, <laughs> oh look a dune which sounds glib but I was like oh that's a really good po- that's a really good poster that's not a spaceship in front of a planet that's a man walking on a dune um, but no the, the zone of interest poster I was like wow that is evocative that is all there baby that shit is incredible um, but you yeah. know what this poster I'm looking at the zone of interest poster it's giving me like dogville vibes which yeah I get. which is a movie that I like so yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. We both like Dogville. We're both very cool. Um, yeah, we're so cool. We are brought to you by Mubi. <laughs> we're speaking a lot of, of things. <laughs> speaking of cool things, Mubi is cool because it's a curated streaming service that's dedicated to elevating great cinema around the globe. What does that mean? It means that from iconic directors to emerging on tours, there's always going to be something new to discover. And all of these films are hand selected. That's what curated means. It's not curated by AI. It's curated by hand. So you can explore the best of cinema streaming anytime, anywhere. And it comes from all over the world. But guess what? Guess what? Uh, I'm going to start doing a little USA chant because I'm going to talk about two US movies today. The first I'm excited for because I didn't get a chance to see it during its limited run. It's Voyage of Time. Robin, you're not cheering. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I love Terrence Malick. uh, And this film, narrated by Brad Pitt, is his majestic documentary, a symphonic mosaic of ecstatic grandeur and pure visual poetry. This rare, shorter version of Void of Time leaps from dawn of the universe to the age of the dinosaurs beyond, all in just 46 hypnotic minutes. I'm a busy man. I've got a child. I'm embroiled in local politics. I'm running a small business. I have a real job, too. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to watch a movie about the voyage of time. So 46 hypnotic minutes sounds great to me. Decades in the making, the journey is a discovery of an immersive... One of a kind celebration of existence and the grand history of the cosmos transporting audiences into vast odyssey that spans the eons from the Big Bang to the dinosaur age to our present human world and beyond. So get excited about that. And here's another one. We talked about this movie on the podcast uh, a couple of days, a couple of days, like a couple of weeks ago, I think. I can't even remember what we talked about this during. But this is Warrior. You remember talking oh, about never this, right? shut up about warrior. Never shut up about warrior. <laughs> warrior rules. The Nick Nolte movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. What were we talking? I think we were talking about this during our uh, all of us strangers, right? Because we we're talking about dads and sons and crying and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oscar man. nominations. Nick Nolte received an Oscar registered trademark nod for his heartbreaking turn <laughs> in this sporting saga, a masculine melodrama of the highest order. Director Gavin O'Connor and his leading men excelled at the mixed martial arts spectacle, though it's intimate moments outside of the ring that packed the biggest emotional punch. Tommy Reardon, an ex-Marine with a tragic past, returns home and enlists his father to train him for a major MMA tournament. But when Tommy's underdog brother, Brendan, fights his way into the tournament, the two brothers must finally confront each other and the forces that pulled them apart. This movie fucking rules. I bring it up too much on this podcast which is a lie because you can never talk about this movie too much and uh it's now on movie which vindicates me because movie is as the ad copy says elevating great cinema 
Warrior is great cinema. There you have it. It's fucking ruled on. We are done. If you would like a free 30-day trial subscription to movie so that you can watch Warrior for 30 days straight, I don't actually know how long it's going to be on there, but whatever, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. That's mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial subscription. Do it now. Watch Warrior immediately. And that's that. Um, yeah, so I don't don't know what else we got to talk about. Robin, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, jump into the movie review? Good question. Did I even watch any good movies recently? I probably did. I don't know. Were you just, were you just hoping that I wouldn't keep playing that or did you not even notice it was happening? I don't really know what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, shit, stop talking. (laughs) See, see, that's what I wanted. That's what this song is good for. You blast it and the women in your life will stop talking. Mm, What women do you have in your life, though? (laughs) Uh, My daughter, who I think would probably really dig this song. Mm, The original, though. Not oh, yes. Like. Yeah. The original by 50 okay. Cent. Yes. Sans Cent. <laughs> Whatever they say. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Sans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, seriously, anything else going on in your life that you want to talk about before we talk about the movie? No. All right. Oh, you know what? My husband and I are very into a new show. Not okay. really that new. Um, so we got very into Survivor for the first season of Survivor we ever watched. But now we're like, oh, we can't just like suck down all the Survivor. We'll never remember, you know, individual seasons. But we did start Squid Game the Challenge, which. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. We didn't watch Squid Game. I have never seen one episode <laughs> of the original. <laughs> but we're like, oh, this seems like a fun, not Survivor competition show. And let me tell you, we're we are hooked. And the cliffhangers are so good that we just, I don't even stop. I'm just like, let's go, let's go. Let's finish this like storyline because I have to know what happens. Yeah, that's a good show for idiots Uh, like me. I recently just plowed through this show called Louder Milk. Have you ever heard of that? I have. And I hate the title so much that I haven't even thought about watching it i like ron livingston right you know i've liked him since uh office wanna, space I mean, well i was gonna say band of brothers but yeah office space too election <laughs> was he an election oh fuck no i mean matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> wow not the same person um no but they're like similar energy sure yeah ron livingston is a slightly younger matthew broderick um Anyway, I've liked him as the in things. Uh, he reminds me of Justin Thoreau, where I'm always like, why doesn't that guy get more leading man work? Um, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Livingston uh, is like, is he leading man, though? I don't think he is. I think that's the the problem is that, like, I say that. And, like, even Justin Thoreau isn't, like, truly leading man. It's very weird that he's the leading man of the leftovers. But I think that's what these guys are great at. These dark-haired dudes who can rock a beard if they need to. Um Ladder Milk's really good. I liked it a lot. It's it's a shame that uh, its TV channel ceased to exist because it was on like AT&T U-verse or oh, whatever. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, MC it's like, Plus. remember when Yahoo Screen was a fucking thing? Anyway, no, uh, it's not. got three seasons, 10 episodes each. They're all about a half an hour long. 
They're good. Check it out. I need more people to like the show so I can talk about it with them. But that's enough. We're not here to talk about TV. We're here to talk about shit that you can see on the big screen. And uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about that you can see on the big screen is Anatomy of a Fall. This film was nominated for uh, Best Picture, correct? As well as something else? Yes. It's got five Oscar nominations. Best Director. uh, Best Actress. Best Director. Best, I think, Writing. I I can't remember if it's adapted original. Best use of the song Pimp, P-I-M-P, by uh, Macau <laughs> Rhythm and Steel Band. Yeah. I love a steel drum. It's uh, that's it's lucky for you because this movie features quite a fucking bit of it. It's, and when you think it's gone, it's not gone yet. They're going to play it one more and time. And it just gets you. louder and louder. It just keeps fucking happening. Um. <laughs> Anyway, here here is the trailer for Anatomy of a Fall. I just want you to know one thing. I'm not a monster. I need you to be precise. Tell me everything. Yes. I don't know what happened. I think it fell off that third floor. The window's open. The autopsy report is inconclusive. Oh, uh, yeah. I love an inconclusive autopsy report. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not even joking. When I hear that in a movie, I get excited. Anyway, we're here to talk about Anatomy of the Fall. Of a fall, not the fall. God, me and my fucking <laughs> direct articles. All right. We're here to talk about Anatomy of a Fall. This movie is about a woman whose husband ends up dead next to their house. What happened to him is the primary question. She is suspected of murdering him. She claims to not know what happened. And uh, the movie follows the trial to determine her guilt or innocence. And we're here to talk about it. So, Robin Barr, we begin as always with our nutshell, basic, all-around thoughts, spoiler-free. What are your thoughts of Anatomy of a Fall? Basic thoughts is that I liked many elements of this movie, but I don't think it's as interesting or as original or as, I don't know, like satisfying as the hype on the film. Um, I don't really understand why it was nominated for best director because not to pit, not to pit everyone against each other, but like literally the point of the Oscars is to pit everyone okay. against one. So I will pit. I will say that like I feel like Greta Gerwig Boo. was a it did a much more uh, succinct directorial job than Triette. So I mean, I will get into this, but I what I struggled with in this movie was this sort of by the numbers murder mystery aspects of it. I thought it was a, it used disability as a gimmick and some elements felt a little cliche. What I loved about the movie was Sandra Hewler, who I think is, it's a really fantastic performance. And there's maybe like one or two scenes that will really suck you in. Um, But to me, the most interesting and most compelling aspect of this movie by far was just seeing how the French justice system works. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Like it's, you know, it's so different than a, a U.S. court drama that I think that in and of itself is is worth your time. Um, again, I didn't dislike this movie. I, I did like it, but I am more muted about it than maybe a lot of other people. People like me. I fucking loved this movie. Oh, this fucking movie, course. This movie was awesome. <laughs> um, what's funny is- You just so, want to plot murder. I don't want to plot murder. This murder, if it was plotted, was not like- crime of the century level material. Um, there's that, uh, you know, what's funny. I've never seen the documentaries, the staircase, but I have seen the, the HBO original miniseries, the staircase. Mm-hmm. And I've this, never seen it. I don't like true crime. Well, that's bananas. Maybe that's one of the reasons you didn't like this. I, I like, I like the staircase a lot, especially because it brings into it. The documentary filmmakers who made the staircase. It's so cool. This movie is a lot like that. It's that question. There was only two people there. One of them is dead. There is seemingly damning evidence, but there's also the uncertainty of like, well, is that what happened? Yeah, the beyond a reasonable doubt. Exactly. Now, I don't know if the French justice system has beyond a reasonable (laughs) doubt. I don't know much about the French justice system after watching this movie. It seems very pell-mell. Yeah, yeah, it's like, where's the objection, bitch? (laughs) Yeah, they're just, like, yelling at one another, which is, I guess, what happens when your justice system was invented, like, in the 1300s. And they don't have her a fucking translator for her, so she's kind of like... There is, but, like, they're, they, I think the 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 the, uh, the dudes who are the, the lawyers, wow, my brain isn't working, are just like, it's going to look better if you speak French so you don't come off quite as foreign as you are, you flinty mm. German woman. <laughs> um... <laughs> So there is a moment where she's like, I'm sorry, I've got to say this in English. Um, and she speaks and like they translate for people and you can see them picking up their little earbuds like it's the UN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also like it's just funny because you have people with very modern haircuts wearing like old school robes and stuff. And I was just like, why is this like dapper looking skinhead dude wearing this robe? Like, yeah, at least give him a wig. Greg, for the did he dignity. take? I legitimately was like, did he take off the wig? Is he just like, I'm so <laughs> outraged and so furious that I have to have my wig off? And then her main lawyer dude looks like an anime guy come to life with his angular face and his fluffy gray hair. Anyway. I don't know how I got wrapped up in the aesthetics, but anyway, I really like this movie. I thought, it, you know, I can see what you're saying about like the son's disability kind of being used as a ploy or a plot point or something. I think that they fold in the the reality of probably dealing with an accident that would cause that and then raising a child who who has that um, in a way that made it worthwhile and, and added to things. I also, I don't know, I liked him. I liked his performance. I, I, I actually, it's funny that you say like not to pit them against each other, but Greta Gerwig better, 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 whatever. I thought this fucking blew Barbie out of the goddamn water. Like to me, there's, I mean, I would say the films are not comparable, but in terms of like the, the behind the scenes work. um, Yeah. But like, if you do more work to make a shittier movie, I don't think that that means that you're a good director. Like this movie has to modulate its tone so carefully to avoid just becoming like a law and order episode. And does it, has it do to, more than that? Though? I think it does. Yeah. I think that there, I think that this movie in many ways says a lot of what Barbie literally said openly in a more meaningful and impactful way. Which because, is what? 
that that whole stupid America Ferrera scene where it's like you can't be blah or you're bossy or you can't blue blue blah 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 blah. Like this movie talks about her bisexuality, her sexual like uh, nature in general, the fact that she's more successful than her husband gets used against her as a bludgeon. He bludgeons her with it. He feels emasculated because of her successes. I mean, like. There's so yeah, many. Haven't we seen that a million times though? Yeah, but I mean, like you know, I don't give a fuck about that. You know, I've I've heard that a lot of times. I remember sitting here, not with you, talking about Triple Nine <laughs> and being like, "This is a great cops and robbers movie. I love it." And someone, thank said, you for remembering, I wasn't there. I actually am heartened by that. And someone on that episode said, "Like, but haven't we seen that a bunch?" It's like, so fucking what? Who gives a shit? We've seen everything a bunch. There's not a lot that's going to be totally new in movies. You may throw a new aesthetic sheen on it or put a different character in it or make one of the people something that they weren't before. But like, yeah, a lot of these stories are going to be the same. Guess what? We've had murder mysteries since like Greece. It doesn't matter to me if it's done well. I like it. And this movie is incredible. And I think that all of the ways that it, you know, deals with these concepts is incredibly insightful and and I like the fact that it's like a more it's like a more accessible human Hanukkah in many ways. Oh, I was actually going to make the same exact comparison. Yeah, and I was going to say it as a good thing and if you were about to make the same comparison, I don't know how it could be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think one of the reasons I like Hanukkah is that because he's cold he's and so yeah, exactly. Look, I love that about him too. There's nothing time, sentimental about those. I'm movies. the weird Hanukkah fan who's like, "Time of the Wolf" is his best. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really like this movie. I found it to be just incredibly compelling. There was a point where I, I will, I will just say, in, in watching this movie, I first tried to watch it with no subtitles on. What the fuck? Why? I just, I just fucked up. I didn't do it correctly, and. Um, I was willing to go with it. I was like, it's cool. I'm getting the emotions. But then I like reached out and I was like, hey, is this supposed to have subtitles? And yes, it was. And luckily I got those oh subtitles. Oh my God. On. But I mean, like I was watching it and I was like, there is a part of this where it's like just through, again, the sheer power of the directing and the performances. Mm. I knew what was going on in the scene without the subtitles. Uh, the scene, great. the opening scene where she's sort of flirty interviewing. No, because that was all in thing. English. Oh, see, I don't even remember what was in English and what wasn't. Yeah, because the movie's fucking great. Um, no, it was the scene. No, it's because were... Sandra Hewler is fucking great. Sandra Hewler is amazing. Um, and she was totally flirting with that girl. Um, and yeah, what was the other thing I was going to say? It was something about, no, it was the scene where like they're trying to, they're, they're playing that goddamn song again. And <laughs> they're trying to see where the boy could have heard them talking. I'm sorry, what were you saying about the scene? It's that scene? Yeah, that's the scene where they were talking in another language. And, and I was like, oh, I 100% oh, I understand through context both what the last scene was talking about and what this scene is talking about. But it was still good to have the subtitles. I'm glad I got that fixed. <laughs> you know, even though um, I'm not as like bullish about this movie as you are, I'm also just like, oh, he liked the movie. Yay. Oh, you're just happy. I liked a movie. That's <laughs> yeah. So the next movie um, that we talk about, if it is indeed the next movie we talk about, I also liked that movie. So there's a spoiler for people who are paying attention. Good to know. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Put together the clues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Snoop troop. Um, 
That's what we're calling our fans now, right? Snoop Troop. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I really like this movie. I think, I don't know, like, I haven't read anything about this movie. I know a bunch of people were posting images of the bald uh, prosecutor and being like, this guy, the hero of the movie for real or whatever. Talking about how they talk about 50 Cent a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's weird how many memes there were around this movie. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm super happy that I saw it. I I don't think I think it's the best film of the year, but it's definitely probably in my top 10. I love how I said definitely probably. Wow. That'll it's, make a very interesting top 10 episode. Yeah. When is that, that happening? Like in, mid-March? Uh, <laughs> that's happening like real soon, actually. After Dune 2? I got to figure that out. The problem is I've, I've realized that I liked a in lot of movies the last No, our year. next episode is the top 10. No, I thought our next episode was American Fiction. Oh, okay. You just gave away the spoilers and no, um, we're recording the top 10 sooner. All right. Well, I'll figure it out. It's called the calendar. I don't believe in calendars. What the are you, me talking to my husband? <laughs> the minds made a calendar that promised the world end. How'd that work out? Hmm. Anyway. Um, so yeah, this movie's awesome. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I remember watching it and I saw it in the theater and you know it's not like I was ever bored this movie has a fantastic lead performance you know it, it's really hard not to get involved in a quote-unquote murder mystery just because like this is how humans are wired there's a reason why this is such a popular genre I think um for a long time I just I was like you know that was good but like why all of the I think this was a can and I just remember thinking like why was this all people were talking about um and then it just kind of hit me later that like oh maybe the reason I wasn't as impressed is because you know this is a movie about a a very icy bisexual blonde Mm-hmm. Who wears a lot of white sweaters and may or may not have killed someone in a manner similar as a book she wrote. And if that doesn't remind you of anything, then I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously it's 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 a ski chalet <laughs> basic instinct. But what do you you know, it's fine. It's not as salacious. I'm not saying it doesn't work on some level but i'm also just like it's a little too one-to-one for me i mean i don't think it's that one-to-one i mean one totally very different yes completely different tonally plot plotly (laughs) plotly i don't know um, no, I mean, there, there are things, I mean, that's one of the things that I like most about this movie and it, it, it almost, it, it deals in that, that truth and fiction thing. I mean, she is a writer. People say like, oh, her books are an insight into her soul. This actually reminds me of, oh fuck. I wish I'd brought it and found the thing. I can see the book from over here, but I'm not gonna be able to go and get it. So there's a book called Lessons by Ian McEwan. Mm-hmm. And there is a oh, point. such a McEwan head. I love McEwan. Um, lessons might be his, his greatest book. Um, it's, it's incredible. And I haven't like I think I already said this. I haven't liked like the last couple books he wrote that much. They've been fine, but they haven't been stellar. Lessons is a home fucking run. And he, there's a, a point in the book where a, 
a a, a misanthropic German woman writes a novel and (laughs) and the main character is like, you are completely misrepresenting our life together in this novel. And she like flips out and is like, do I have to teach the entire fucking world how to read a novel? Like, this isn't reality. It's not you. It's not you know how I know it's not you? Because it doesn't have your name. Because all of these differences exist. You know, and this is what I tell friends when I'm like, look, there's a character in my book who I've based an aspect of them on you, but there's a different character who I based another aspect on you. And then there's like a third tertiary character who I based another aspect on you. You're not getting a character based on you. You have been chopped up. <laughs> Into various pieces and reassembled and together. Yeah, in poor a, things <laughs> in a thousand other places. Um, and so I like that. I I love that. I love that aspect. I like that there is a literal point in this movie where someone on like a a talk show is even saying like, "Look, the reason we care about this and like want it to be a murder is because that is a better story than a school teacher committing suicide." <laughs> Which uh, is dark and funny and also true. I mean, there's a reason that when when one of these true crimey things happens, no one sits there and tries to find Occam's razor. We look for the most insane fucking thing that could have happened. True. And I like that. I like how this movie does that. I like the fact that every once in a while the movie gives us like a camera that's being held by a cop or a news reporter. I like how every time they cut to a news person... It's not like, uh, and I say this not pejoratively, but just to be an example, um, it's not like a Tony Scott film where it cuts to like the middle of the actual piece. Like you're watching it with Chirons and everything. And it's like, this is Jack Johnson from Action 7. It's a person (laughs) standing there kind of messing with their hair, shuffling from foot to foot. And then they finally start talking. Like there's something. Oh, God. I was about to say, there's just something about that peak behind it all that shows the artifice in a, in a way that I really like that I think draws enough attention to it without underlining it so much that it becomes annoying. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it might be helpful to kind of talk through what the, how the story progresses. Um, so, and I think you watch this probably a little bit uh, more recent than I have, but you know, basically the movie begins with, a very tense moment where this this woman um, played by Sandra Hewler, she's uh, being she's having a conversation with a student, um, and it's you know you can tell that it's flirtatious, but not really on the part of the woman she's talking with. It's just a a sort of loose conversation about about work, and the what you hear in the background is this. Uh, refrain from the song PIMP um, over and over again, repeating, repeating, getting much and much more loud. And it's like, it feels like this very passive aggressive, um, this this very passive aggressive moment is happening. You don't quite know how or why it's happening, but you definitely feel the like heart in your throat as, as this is going on. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's an incredibly tense scene because this music yeah. comes on 
And it is like it just louder and louder. And it's like you can feel there's like rage behind it. Oh, so I got a uh, Sonos, right? Beam and the uh, subwoofer for my living room. I decided to upgrade my sound system. Men love subwoofers. Subwoofers rule. And this movie I was worried was going to wake up my daughter. I was like, oh my God. And it's you don't hear any lyrics. It's just the, um, I guess the the track behind the song. Well, okay, so it's it is a steel band cover of the song. It is it is not the actual song. But the song doesn't does does not does the song not use steel drums, or am I just making that up? I don't know. You know what? That's a great question. YouTube.com. Let's let's look up the original <laughs> fifty cent. 50 cent PMP. All right, here we go. Let's, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't listened to this in a while. Hold on. I got to. I also, my... I have to admit, I did not, even though I recognize the song, I misattributed it to the song Peaches and Cream. If anybody remembers oh, that. Oh, I do know Peaches and Cream. It's Peaches and Cream. Like it's almost a little bit simpler. Know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh God, that was like so 2001. I have a deep memory of probably dancing terribly with a girl at a middle school dance to that song. All right, everybody, calm down. Let's listen to <laughs> PIMP. I don't know what you heard about me. Put a bitch yeah, is a out of me. No Cadillac, no perms, you can't see. Okay, so that know what is... I mean? Peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, can we do Someone's karaoke together one day? Else. <laughs> We're about to bust this so wide hard. open. <laughs> who who sang Peaches and Cream? Okay, uh, 112. Wait. Wow. Okay. Yes. You, did you know that or did you look it up? Oh, I absolutely fucking looked it up. That is incredible <laughs> because I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. I thought you just knew it off the top of your head. No, although I, I do think it was included on one of those now that's what I call music albums that I own. Wouldn't shock me even a little bit. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Everybody <laughs> I own get ready. So many of those. Okay. I don't I don't know, Robin. I mean it's definitely like in the same It's the chorus. It's in the same neighborhood ish. All right, let's see. Let me tell you what I want. Okay, yeah. Know what I mean? Peaches and cream. Okay, so that's that's peaches and cream. All right, we now we all have that in our brains. We don't have a guest today. This is today. a real mystery. We don't have a guest today, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. Let's do yeah. this again. We're blowing your minds. I don't know what you heard about me. You're not wrong. There is definitely they are at least like in the same beat. Some some person will be able to tell me what the reason is that they sound the same. It's like, oh, it's the same key signature or chromatic scale or whatever. I am not a music person. I am not a music person either, but I am naturally gifted, as everybody can tell. I don't know what. So it does start with a steel drum and then that comes in. But I mean, this is like aggressively like. This is just such a fucking aggressive song. (laughs) 
Someone's adding this to a shower playlist. No, because then I'd punch my shower. Like, this is such, like, <laughs> there is, and maybe it's just because I now have the context of the movie, but, like, every time, especially when it starts over, it just felt like the steel, the steel drum got so much angrier. I, I totally agree. And actually, it's such great characterization for a character that we never really interact with or only see in like very brief scenes. So this woman's husband uh, is found dead from a fall. Was he pushed Quote unquote. to kill himself? Did he, was it an accident? Was Nobody he attacked knows. by an owl? <laughs> but what I love about this character that is is fairly an unseen character for most of the movie is that through the use of this song, we know so much about this fucking Euro hipster that thinks that he is so cool that he is going to intimidate his wife through a steel drum refrain of PIMP. It's so weird. It's and it, yeah. And what's funny is like later on in the movie, she's like, yeah, no, I didn't think it, like he installed a big speaker and like he blasted the music because, you know, he's like rehabbing this house and stuff. And I was like, God, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, even just in the little glimpses that we see of them in like old photos. I mean, this is definitely a couple that was like so cool in the mid to early 2000s, quote unquote, this like, yeah. you know, euro i I, the only way i can think of it is like euro hipster i I don't even know if there's a better way of putting it i mean i think at some point he either has long hair or dreads i can't remember (laughs) um and then they completely have gone to seed through domestication and suburbanism and they're and they're absolutely bitter about it and i relate I mean, I guess so. Yeah, we do see this character a lot. This like this guy who is like a failed writer and like frustrated. I mean, it's interesting because like I always see these guys and I'm like, I see myself in this person, but I don't see any of myself in this person. Because mm-hmm. like I've written two and a half novels, you know, but I'm not a novelist. I've got like a child who I'm raising pretty much on my own, even though my ex would be really fucking mad to hear me say that. Um but like I'm fine. I just like I don't know how another way to put it. It's just, <laughs> Dude, you are not fine. I'm fine in the fact that like I don't look at my life and go like, ah, oh, God has cursed me. Like I'm not reading the book of Job and going like this no, guy had it easy. No, because you're you are a family. You are ultimately you're like a like not a wife guy, but like you're a kid guy. Like you're That's entirely devoted to your family. Than a wife guy. <laughs> and uh, you know this guy is not a wife guy. This guy loves his kid, but you know he's resentful that he's no longer what culture is made for and that he is no longer what makes the culture. Yes. And he takes it out on his wife. Yes, he does. And she takes it out on him. (laughs) To to the end. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's, but it is that thing where I'm like, I see these people all the time and I'm just like, I don't understand. Like you've got a wife and a kid, like you should be happy. Um, because <laughs> you're so Catholic. I, yeah, kind of. And this is why people need religion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I'm about to go on a literally a religious couples retreat this weekend. 
I have but been I'm invited, extremely skeptical of religion. I've been invited to many religious retreats and I have never gone. Most of it's a timing thing. I have a child I need to take care of. Oh my God, we've heard. I'm yeah. a mom. Uh, yeah, you're right. I am a child guy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that sounds wrong. It does, right? <laughs> you're I'm a, a daddy guy. guy. No, no, because now I'm going to get some weird emails. I'm a father guy. I am a father man. Um, what was <laughs> God damn it, Robin. Um, no, I don't know. I've just never felt the need to go. I go to church every week. That's a retreat. That's enough for me. Uh, you know, what's funny, though, is speaking of like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm feeling like extra lonely because Valentine's Day is coming up. And so like I wake up Sunday morning and I'm all like, oh, God, I'm just like another day, another no one in my life. It's kind of depressing, kind of sad. What am I going to do about this thing? And then... I go to church and the first reading is Job 7 and it ends with my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. And I was like, really, guys? Really? <laughs> is that what we're doing today? Not the way to start a Sunday. <sighs> I don't even remember what we were talking about now. Oh, yeah. This guy's you a real piece of shit. You're loved. You're loved. <laughs> I can't. I got to do something at the distillery that day. We're having a singles night. It's going to be wild. Oh, Um, right. I forgot about that. Maybe you'll meet a a nice man. (laughs) A nice man? At this this sausage fest. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, Robin. Okay. So this is funny because our events planner is like, we just have to figure out a way to get the women to come. And I said openly and out loud no you need to figure out how to get men to come and she was like i understand we're gonna definitely have more men than women and i said no because sure it's a distillery sure it's whatever blah 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 but it is incredibly difficult for men to admit that they are lonely and that they need someone and to take proactive steps to go get someone yeah that's why they kill themselves at yes exactly like highest rates of any demographic <clears throat> because we would rather kill ourselves than go to a singles night at a distillery and there was a point <laughs> where we had like 40 signups and six were men i think it's evened out a little bit as we approach the 70 mark but this is 100% going to be, as Top Gun said, a target-rich environment. So if you're in <laughs> the College Park area on Valentine's Day and have nothing to do, come to Schmidt Spirits Distillery. Singles night. Um, there's no cover. Um, I can't even think of what else I was going to say. Again, this husband sucks. I'm not going to say he deserves to die. However, Robin, you bring up a good point. It takes a lot for men to admit that they need help. They kill themselves at a higher rate than everyone else. It's possible that he killed himself. It's true. And just fell out of the chalet. I don't think he fell out. I think he probably jumped. No, I'm kidding. I, just... I, I mean, okay, so spoiler alert. Okay, love it. Are yes, we ready? we're in spoilers now. Let's just say okay. that. Um, we don't actually find out what happens in this movie. <laughs> yes. Which is like, I'm fine with that. You know, I don't need it to spell out every single breadcrumb. It's not like salt burn. Um. But she is acquitted. Yes. So, what 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 do you think? I ha- I really don't know what to think. I I don't feel strongly in any direction. I just like I liked the journey. Yeah, I like the journey. I don't. It's one of those things where, at the end, I was like, "Oh, is the dog gonna you know come to her and say like we did it, Karen?" Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was I was like, "Is this gonna be one of those things where like the final scene?" 
is going to be like the dog bringing a bloody thing and she's going to like pet its head and be like, haha, we did it. Um, and then of course you get like 48 explainers on YouTube that are like, well, you see the last scene is her getting the murder weapon and she did it. But no, I, I like the fact that it's kind of up in the air. I, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if how many people watch this and are like, well, I need to say yes or no. Like, do, do you have a head cannon? I'm assuming not. Not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, maybe I would have been one of those people that would have said, uh, can't, I can't judge this, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, there was reasonable doubt in my mind. Yeah, but I had a lot of reasonable doubt. Really What's, and of course, you can be like, oh, the way the movie's directed, like, I, you know, there's the scene where they're fighting in the kitchen, but we're listening to the audio recording. And so the audio is both of their voices. But other times, like when the boy is talking about the trip to the vet's office, it's the boy's words and the father is actually in a really coolie uh, or coolie, a very, coo- a very interesting way directing wise. The father is speaking at the exact same pace that the boy is. So the boy's words mm-hmm. are laid over the father's wor- uh, lips. But it's, it's, you know, we're seeing this flashback and it's like, oh, this is like how you must think of this. There's no way to know if it's real or not, you know, because even the audio recording, it cuts away once it gets to like the physically violent portion. So you don't get to see that you're only getting in flashback or whatever, what you're being given in the present day. And you're not really getting any new information from it. And I found that very interesting. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I f- if if everything that the sun is saying is true, which I guess there's a question about that, I find it easy to believe that this man took his own life. And that's all you need in the American justice system. Know. I don't know what the fuck the French are doing. <laughs> again, I, I mean, again, he, okay, so this couple, they're having financial problems. He He's a little bit... Um, he takes control of the family, which irks her mm-hmm. and they end up moving out of the city um, to this, you know, Swiss, not Swiss. I'm sorry, this French countryside. Um, and she resents it because it's now they're isolated. The house is needs to be renovated. And so he's, this is what his, you know, life's work has become because he feels like he um, isn't doing the work that he really wants to be doing, which is creative. And so she's living in this house that um, is supposed to be joyous and ends up feeling like a trap in some ways. And so he's renovating. He's in the attic. And I I think it's possible that he fell. Um, It wasn't exactly like a safe. Yeah, I'm not even sure what he was like doing up there he was definitely like there was the sawing they were renovating it yeah i know but like uh what is like is he putting up a partition is he putting new stuff like you know you don't you don't go up there and see a bunch of i never even questioned what (laughs) mechanism of construction he's doing well so that was my thing i'm like you know if he's putting if he's like fixing joists what is he doing by that window but i mean like you know who who knows this is a guy who's a writer what the fuck does he know about construction i'm also positive that he is not good at any of the things that he is doing Uh, a thousand percent so (laughs) i'm like i i could see him just being a stubborn shit and he thought he could like 
fix a frame and then ends up falling out the window. I don't really know. But then... Well, that was my first thought, because I'm like, yeah, you know, he could have fallen. But the, what's funny is the concept of him falling, I was like, there's no fucking way. Like, that's just insanity. Like, oh, there's an open window. Very cool open window, though. I do love that house. Seems super dangerous, though, to have a full floor-length window that just opens like that. Um, but when she's like, oh, you know, this pill thing, I'm like, well, that's not real, right? But then the more we learn about him... I'm like, oh, I could totally see how this guy would want to take his own life. It's crazy to me that the prosecutor's like, what I heard was, you know, you said he had no energy. What I heard is a man like thrashing full of energy. I'm like, yeah, that's a guy who just burned out having the last fight he ever wanted to have. I mean, I don't know. When um, people kill themselves, they usually have one last burst and then they just deflate and then they die. (laughs) Not to brag again, but I've known a lot of people who've killed themselves. So, um, one day we're gonna have to do an episode where people just drink every time <laughs> a every heroin time up drug run <laughs> or a dead friend comes up or <laughs> being a single dad. Um, oh my god! Like if we could get a <laughs> you'll movie kill someone <laughs> about a single dad who knows someone who commits suicide while dealing drugs. Uh, I would just I would kill every listener we had. Aren't there probably like a thousand British movies about that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chavy indie movies from the UK. <laughs> um, Who's the guy who directed Naked? That's probably about that, right? It's not probably. Mike Mills. It's Mike Lee. Yeah, Mike Lee has probably directed seven of those movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Mike Lee always does something a little like cute. He, really? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's a tolerable sentimentalist. Okay, who's the guy who did Sorry I Missed You or Sorry I Kissed You? No, I'm thinking of uh Oh, Ken Loach. Ken Loach is definitely Oh, no, yeah. yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um I forgot what I was to say. Oh yes. So you know, there are sort of classic murder mystery type plot points that come up, like the son who is blind is a witness. So again, that's what made me made it feel gimmicky to me because I think blindness is often used as a it's used as a plot point oftentimes in a way that I find a little bit icky. Like um and in horrible dial M for murder. No, wait until dark. No. Which one was the one? Well yeah. <laughs> well wait until dark for sure. <laughs> um but also blind people are often used as superhero stand-ins because it's like, well, I lost my sight, but I have amazing hearing. You're and just thinking a daredevil. <laughs> no, it's like a whole thing. I, I I saw it again in another movie recently. And I was like, fuck off. Um, what was the movie? I don't. It was like some chicks are trapped in a basement. Oh, it's the horror movie, right? Yeah, it's a horror movie, but it's, it's a trope. It's a trope. I think yeah, maybe it is I don't a trope. really remember. Yeah, so there's it's like totally the blind swordsman. John Wick had it. And it's like, okay, so you have this plot. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if I just imagine something like, what if the only witness is blind? Like, shut up. Like it it t- really takes the humanity of out of a character when you use their disability as a plot in such a an obvious way. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't enjoy that. And I, I'm not sure if the kid was 
that good. I mean, I know you liked his performance. Um, I, I don't know. Much, it yeah. just didn't do much for me. And I actually don't know if he is blind or low vision in real life. Yeah, I'm not sure um, about that either. I mean, he doesn't even seem to have a picture on IMDb, so I have no concept of what his Yeah, if is. you know the answer to that, that would be helpful. If you know this fucking kid, <laughs> tell us if he can see. <laughs> if he is uh, if he is actually, you know, because if this is a non-disabled person playing a disabled person, then I even have more issues with that. But that's a whole other conversation. Um so could you explain to the audience, you brought up the poisoning um, plot. So maybe you could just give a little, just your summary of that. Cause I, I think that <clears throat> well, was so a there's, confusing aspect of the movie. I don't think it was confusing. I mean, the, there's a point where she when she brings this up with her lawyer, the first time I'm like, whatever. Um, but so she says, there was a moment where I came down and he was passed out on the floor. And there was a bunch of vomit on the floor and a bunch of little white specks in it. And I didn't think about it at the time, but oh my God, what if it was pills and he was trying to kill himself? And I'm like, wow, you're guilty as fuck. You're trying to make it <laughs> seem like this guy, um, you know, tried to kill himself. That's insane. But then again, again, we find out more about him and I'm like, no, I can see how this frustrated dude who seems to think that he has been passed over by life and has missed all of his chances. I could see how that could happen. And, um, there's a point where the boy says that there was a problem with his dog once and the dog had come in smelling like vomit. And he thought maybe the dog just threw up, but then the dog was like weird and lethargic and only ate like drank water and slept for a couple days. And to test his theorem, the boy it's fucking poisons his dog. And I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? You know, what's crazy is, I don't know if you thought this when I come in and that dog is not moving. I'm like, Whoa, did the mom poison the fucking dog mm. because she was pissed that the son sent her away. Oh, uh, that's fatal attraction shit. Didn't think that I did. Think oh, you didn't that... think that that's crazy. No, I, I was like, wow, she is burning the house down. She's like, look. No, I mean, I'm maybe we were to supposed to. I didn't. Okay. But when we did learn that the son did this, I just kept thinking, oh, he inherited her psychopathy. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> this kid is <laughs> fucked up and he got it from his mom. Maybe. That would be That's, interesting. You, I don't know. Child. She, but- poisons their dog like that is yeah i don't know i think he well he was like if i give this dog like an aspirin or two let's see if it does it again because then i'll know and instead he's like i gave it way too much and then she's like we just got to pour salt water down the dog's throat and i was like really but it fucking worked so what do i know now i can't even remember what i was gonna say i don't know like it was uh it was good i i i and then those additions, and then again, like the boy, you know, what's funny though is I don't want to get hung up on this concept of like, did he do it? Like, let's try to see if we can solve it. Cause the movie is clearly mm-hmm. constructed to not have an answer. The movie doesn't give a single shit. Right. How the movie is vibe. about the way that they are treating this woman and the way that she is responding to it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but they, when the boy's like, we took the dog to the vet, I was like, go to the vet. See if the boy and the dad really took the dog to the vet. That at least would sync up the timeline with this uh, supposed suicide attempt. No one does that. It's fine. I'm smarter than everyone in a movie, as usual. (laughs) 
But I, that scene where the dad is talking about and the boy says, I think he was talking about himself. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, this, this makes sense to me. This like, I, I, it, it, if, again, if the boy is telling the truth, there's something very powerful about this idea that this boy is like caught in the middle of this and you kind of, the movie is almost like, how is he responding to everything? How is he going to be able to handle all of this? And it, and you're as much as you're uncertain of what she did, you're also uncertain of what this boy is doing because he's like, I remember, I know. And then when it becomes clear that he couldn't have heard what he thought he heard or it would have been louder, he's suddenly like, oh, shit. No, I was in the wrong. I was in a different place. And you're like, well, you know, he went through a traumatic thing. It's possible. Or is he attempting to backtrack these things that make his mother look guilty because he is, you know, he likes his mom. I don't know. Yeah, what a fatal flaw. (laughs) Liking your mother? Yes. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I'm actually resentful of people who are like into their moms. I'm not. like grow up. What do you mean into their mom? (laughs) You know how there are some people that are, okay, so we talked about like wife guys. Yeah. And daddy guys. and, And father men. There's like mommy girls, you know, like people who are just like, I love my mom, he's my best friend. It's like, okay, when your mom dies, you're going to fall apart, grow up. That's wild. Brought to you That's by orphan crazy. trauma. <laughs> the craziest thing, like, oh, your dad died, nah, whatever. Oh, I absolutely feel that way, though, in my <laughs> deepest heart. <laughs> well, you know what? I feel like maybe you need to watch Warrior. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like get over your mom. I just then again thing to say. <laughs> get over again, your mom. I totally hope my future child's obsessed with me. That's like and um. Call, there's that call weird, me twenty times a day. There's that weird TikTok thing where it's like moms teaching their sons to bake or something, and it's like this way he won't be impressed with your like macaroni and cheese or whatever. Mm. <laughs> There's like that's like to me weirder than dad. It's like, like the long con against future daughters-in-law. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna make sure that's my son real. has high standards and that he's gonna love me more than you because you can't cook as well as I can. It's also like there was a weird thing for a while where like someone was like, "You got to find out what like perfume or lipstick color his mom wears and wear that because it'll subconsciously whatever." And I was like, "That's fucked Ew. up." I don't know that all of that what, shit that gets his wee whisk going. I his can you say that phrase again? <laughs> It'll get his wee whisk going. Okay, never say that again. Um, I'm sorry I asked even the first time. <laughs> um, it makes the thing of like the dad greeting the boyfriend at the door with a gun seem totally normal and balanced. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, like there's that thing of like when you, the son like comes to pick up the daughter for a date and you like answer the door with Oh, gun. that trope, yeah. Yeah, that is like totally normal compared to every weird psychosexual thing that these moms and these uh, girlfriends are doing. <laughs> <laughs> like the threat of physical violence follow- if you the threat of physical violence if you wrong my daughter is totally normal compared to I'm going to cook really good so my son the will absolute, love me more than you. like war of attrition. So I um follow my new favorite Reddit subreddit is just no mother-in-law and ooh these tales of crazy mothers-in-law. It's called what? 
just no mil, just no mother-in-law. So like, right. if you have oh. like a horrible, so like your mother-in-law like, is doing no. something and you're like, just no, just no, Janet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, some of these. I mean, who knows? Maybe his daughters-in-law are actually psychos, but probably. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of them, <laughs> but some of these tales are like. It's just absolutely wild. I highly recommend it. It's you know how everybody loves Am I the Asshole? Yeah. Um, that's my version of Am I the Asshole. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, can you believe this story? To nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. So um, we didn't we haven't really talked too much about the actual courtroom scenes and and how fucking incredible they are. I but thought also, they were very good because, I, well, first of all, I'm just like, I'm learning about this whole other type of justice system. It's so weird because like the American justice system is very like, you will have your turn, sit the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's just like, yo, can I contextualize what this goddamn therapist is talking about? And it's crazy because it's like, are you allowed to? And no one's like, right. sit down, objection, out of order. Um, yeah. And Where, where's the... Where are the limitations? I Where have are the parameters? No idea. And there's no jury of your peers either. Right? Yeah. There's it's just like a bunch of wigless freaks. Of, yeah, the lack of wigs is really strange. If you're gonna be in a room that ornate um and wearing those robes and the city is named Grenoble, you should be in a fucking wig. <laughs> um, I hope all of our French listeners, all seven of them, are having a great yeah, time. Yeah, you're not allowed to straighten your hair. <laughs> and yeah, I am. Um, I I like it's. I was watching. I was like, this is very interesting. I don't understand. It's like the witness is standing in the front of them, like it's a tribunal, and they're about to be put to death. <laughs> and the the prosecutor is asking questions, and then like, yeah, like you're you're immediately as the suspect able to be like, well, yes, that's true, but also like, what you need to know is. And and yeah, also just like there's like there's clearly no objections for like speculation and hearsay. You can just get up there and say oh, whatever you can just the fuck say whatever the fuck you can say it in German. You can say it in English. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no rules. It's it's your incredible. elf of a lawyer will just sit there and watch. I, I, I just like I keep thinking back on it. I'm like. It really is like when you're a kid and you don't understand how the law works and you're just like, well, we all just get to say things, right? Like if we're doing like a courtroom play, you know, and now this that's like, oh, we're all just doing French stuff. (laughs) I was in um, I was in mock trials. So I know a lot about how the American legal system works in terms of courtroom procedure. Of course you were. Oh, why? Why do you say it like that? It's Um, because Jesus Christ. Wait, yeah. guess what clubs I was in? Uh, ska Appreciation Unit. Kill yourself. <laughs> I don't know. What what the, you know, maybe I don't know, say say one of them. Um Wow, you don't even know. No, I do. I'm just trying to think of like the least obvious one. So I was in book club, present. Okay, if I could have thought there was something called book club, <laughs> It's just about, like, the existence of books? Sorry, I like to read. You should Um, apologize. (laughs) I was student newspaper editor and chief columnist. Um, Wow, what was your column about? What was your column called? 
Oh, it, you know, I've always been extremely opinionated about every fucking thing. My first movie review was published in the Jet Gazette. Well, okay, it, awesome. It was what a. Was, what was the movie? It was. It was a scathing, scathing review of Fahrenheit 9/11. Okay. Was this because you were like a rabid conservative in high school? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was a conservatine. So um, you weren't even like, look, we all hate Bush. The war in Iraq is like a travesty no, against humanity. No, but it, I, it was Michael, like Michael Moore is a Michael, travesty against truth. <laughs> Michael Moore selectively edits and is blah, blah, blah. But I mean, and, yes, yeah. he does. Um, yeah, he's a terrible filmmaker for reasons beyond his politics, but you weren't clocking that as a junior. <laughs> no, I was. So the backstory of my conservatine years is that, I mean, literally, this is what happened. Um, our cable got cut off because my parents didn't pay the bill. And so we just didn't have like TV for a couple of years. And I went from like a kid that watched like TV as my ambient lifestyle to like no TV and for intellectual stimulation, I just ended up listening to a lot of conservative talk radio. <laughs> yeah. Steered by my father to some degree, to some large degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be essentially it was like my version of listening to a podcast, you know, back in like 2003. Yeah. I, um, mean, I don't know. My parents listened to Rush Limbaugh a lot. I'm sure it affected me in some ways, but like, you know. I I would not describe myself as a conservative by any means at this stage in my life. Um, but I, it, it's hard not to look back on that piece of writing and um, feel a little bit proud of being such a little shit ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, yes, I was very proud of it. My first, my first film review ever written and published. Um, yeah. The start of a very illustrious career. I um I I wrote music reviews before I ever wrote a movie review, and in fact, my college newspaper did not want my movie reviews because they told me that they read too much like um, essays. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a I wrote a um, a review of the New World just to show what I could do, and they were like, "Yeah, this is too much like an essay," and I was like, "I don't understand what you're saying." We don't like what you do. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "This Whatever is not what we want us. from a review." And then, of course, like their reviewer was a piece of shit who couldn't even get a director's name right. I don't know. Anyway, the Diamondback, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> speaking of how shitty media is. <laughs> This movie. Wait, I have one more thing. Wait, I have one more thing okay. I wanted to share, which is the most uh, maybe surprising club I might have been in was the Future Business Leaders of America. What the fuck was your business going to be? Oh, I didn't care about that. I just had a crush on the president. The president. Please, please tell me the president was like a student. Yeah, the president of the club. Okay. All right. I just wanted to be sure. I don't know if the president of the club is like the te- or I guess that would be a teacher advisor or something. Yeah, no, definitely not a teacher and not an adult man. Interesting. Okay, that's good. I'm looking at this this actress, Sandra Hewler, who is incredible in this movie. And I was like, do I know her from anything else? She's in the Zone of Interest. Tony Erdman. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, that too. <laughs> in, I, yeah, well, I haven't seen the Zone of Interest yet, so I don't know her in that. She's also in something oh, called okay. Suck Me Shakespeare 3. <laughs> I swear to fucking God, that's the name of this thing. I am. She's Is in it a German film. I don't. Let me take a look. Original title: Fuck Jew Goth Three. 
Mm. A bank robber becomes a teacher after being released from prison and finds himself at the center of a number of crazy adventures. Suck me Shakespeare 3. What's interesting is, so the original title is Fox Jugoth. I don't know where Shakespeare's coming from. (laughs) I guess they figured that American English speakers don't know who Goth is. Goethe? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. G-O-E-T-H-E? No, G-O umlaut H-T-E. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um, So whatever's happening, this movie is fucking bananas. I'm not... I kind of want to watch the trailer now, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> Goethe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, that's who that is. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take your um, word for it. Interesting. Yeah, Americans definitely don't know who that is. No, yeah, exactly. I'm just like, no. Nah, Fuck right. me, Shakespeare. <laughs> Fuck me, Shakespeare. Um, this is That becomes name. my new Wi-Fi. Um, three you've got to have the three in there yeah oh yeah the three makes it yes i was like is is this an actual thing it doesn't appear as though it is so anyway uh i was gonna say something oh she was in the movie proxima which i wanted to see and never did what a great story (laughs) (laughs) did you ever see proxima no an astronaut prepares for a one-year mission aboard the international space station no all right it's got ava green in it oh Oh, all right. I like all her right. face. Yeah, she's got a great face. Controversial opinion, just like Taylor Swift being. A <laughs> we're just we're just really coming out hot with some unconventional beauties on this episode. <laughs> oh man, I have to. Okay, so I have to start keeping a list because I always do this where I'm like, oh, I really want to watch Proxima, and then I know I'm just going to go downstairs and watch Frasier or Royal Pains or something. Oh but my I god, need- what are you, my husband? Yes. Surprise. Um, <laughs> 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 no, but, um, so like, but like, I need to start keeping this. Cause like, I really want to see novitiate. I really want to see the novice. I really oh, want to see. You fucking do want to see that. Don't you? Which one? You know what? You've got to Okay. You have to see household saints. I don't know how many times I have to beg you <laughs> to watch this movie. Um, oh my God. We, will you will watch point. it and we're going to do a, we're going to do an episode about it. Yeah. 100%. I also want to see Proxima. Okay. Yeah, but like there's the, all these movies. I don't, I don't know why they all apparently have female leads in them because that's what's going on. Because you're lonely. Yes, I'm lonely and I need to see women it's succeed It's Valentine's at Day. I need to see a nun, a crew rower, and an astronaut <laughs> walk in into a, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, what was I going to say? Um, so this movie, this movie, the one that we're talking about, the uh, anatomy. anatomy of a fall. Sandra Hewler. Yeah, I think <clears throat> having seen it, I am now like 100%. I understand why this got all those accolades. I think that this is a an accessible, interesting movie that can be watched as just like, oh, that's a fun little mystery. Uh, who did it? It's great that she's mm-hmm. free. It's very watchable. Yeah, but I also think that if you're willing to look more into it, uh, like I said, I think it says, I think it doesn't even say it illustrates a lot of the double standards and um, misogyny in the, uh, the culture. Can you elaborate on that? Um, because I think you're specifically Ugh. referencing the, well, what I would call like the infamous or famous aspect of this movie, which is the uh, recorded conversation between 
the husband and the wife that becomes like the chief evidence in the so are you saying it's infamous in our world or in the world of the movie i think both because everything that i have sort of taken away from the the discourse and kill me for saying that um is that that is like the scene that makes the movie that really like you're like okay i get it now oh that's that's interesting um i wouldn't like even people who don't like this movie are like kind of blown away by that scene oh really to me that scene i was like all right cool they're having a fight like i've seen people have fights before (laughs) that was the most like okay cool like we're having like a you're angry at me i'm angry at you like i do think that it's a better written fight than a lot of (laughs) than a lot of these european Upper middle mm. class married couple has a problem <laughs> films usually yeah. do. <laughs> you know, there's always that scene. They're always drinking wine. They're always having a freshly made meal in their fucking open kitchen with lots of sunlight. And they're talking about their affairs and their money and their their jobs. And they're like, les I'm sorry, that was offensive to French people. Um, <laughs> we're American we don't give a shit especially because in this movie his whole thing is I can't even speak French and she's <laughs> like well I can't speak German there's a there's a middle ground no, that's, no middle she ground. T- does speak German no 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 she, he's saying in my own house I can't speak French Oh, oh she's oh. saying in my own house first of all it's our house motherfucker I can't speak German English is the middle ground and he's like you forced us into the middle ground it's like okay asshole like <laughs> The, the way that he he is like the nightmare scenario that most women talk about when they talk about how shitty men are. And he actually it's a good performance from him because you can see that he's not thinking about it like I hate this one and need to repress her. He is just incapable of looking at the shithole of his life yeah. and accepting that most of it, if not all of it, is his fault. And the way that he's like, you plundered my novel. And she and and the the the, the prosecutor's like, he wouldn't have used the word plunder if he told you he could do you could do it. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, he absolutely would. When people have fights, they distort history to sanctify and to make reason for their anger. I know this especially because during the course of the dissolution of my marriage and us trying to like work our way through it, I have heard things about myself that are patently false, provably wrong, and later apologized for because of that. I'm not saying I've never done anything wrong, but I have had moments where I have had like things that I've done, like not even twisted, but like funhouse mirror recontextualized. So like me never uh, saying like you shouldn't go out with your friends went from me being like nice and wanting her to have a life to me not giving a shit what she did. Mm. That's how an argument works. And I understand that as a member of the state who is trying to prosecute this woman, he's supposed to make things easier and like give us a simple narrative that we can follow to explain why she murdered a guy. But I mean, I don't, you almost couldn't have this movie in America because the the fucking prosecutor would just constantly get shouted down yeah. with speculation and hearsay. Yeah, exactly. The, the only thing that they're able to get him for is it's a leading question. And I didn't even know if that was a firm objection or them just being like, come on, you son of a bitch. You can't say that. We're not answering it. Like, there's so much of that 
in this movie where it's like, let's try to take human emotion and twist it and simplify it as a way of persecuting and prosecuting, which are two different things. This woman (laughs) who we don't like because she is a foreigner and she is not behaving the way we would prefer her to. And she's successful and possibly bisexual, but like, just like Marie Antoinette. Yes, exactly. Which is why that movie is incredible, including the Chucks. Oh, you mean like the history? What? (laughs) I wasn't referencing the movie. I was referencing the historical figure. Oh, yes. Well, I know the historical figure, but I want to talk about the movie more. Um, Oh, well, I mean, think about it. A blonde German woman. (laughs) Yeah. Comes to France. Possibly bisexual. Yep. Trapped in this um, isolated existence. Yeah, of no, course right. they're going to hate is, her. This is Marie Antoinette. This is Marie Antoinette. This yeah. is Basic Instinct. This is an unmade Michael Hanukkah movie. Exactly. There was something else. This is The Staircase. Yes. This is uh, The Night Of. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's a, it's pretty good. Um, what is interesting, though, is I'm, I'm reading a book by Richard Price, uh, who helped to write the teleplays for The Night Of. And he mm-hmm. definitely 100% used a couple of the scenes from Lush Life. And I guess was just like... They're never going to make a movie out of this. I'm just going to use this again. <laughs> and you made fun of me for being a book club. Yeah. Oh, you know what's funny? Wait a second. There's actually a lot of movies called Lush Life. I don't think any of these are based on his book, though. I think Lush Life is just one of those titles, you know? Because I looked I it up and I was like, it's going to be fucked up if Richard Price made a movie of Lush Life and still did this. Anyway, uh, I know he's got clockers out there somewhere. Anyway, what was I going to say? I think that's it. I don't know. I mean, like, does that make sense? Like, this movie really is, like, it's impossible to watch this movie and not think. And they even bring this up in the movie every now and then. Like, well, like, you know, would you be talking this way if it was a man? And they're like, yeah, you know what? We would be, honestly. <laughs> and there's there's just a lot of that. There's a lot of really great moments where they you kind of are looking at this. And, and again, they underline it sometimes, like, in the, the TV show that they watch where it's like, yeah, the story of a a book or an author who murders someone like they do in the book is better than a a guy who just kills themselves. And it's fun to beat up on this woman and all of the things like if she were, if she were mean to that interviewer, they'd probably be like, well, isn't this a woman who's clearly about to murder her husband? Like, isn't this a flinty ice veined bitch who is about to snap? And instead they're like, isn't she just too friendly? Isn't she just too nice? (laughs) You know, there's literally nothing she could have done. Nothing she could have done that would have been okay with them. This is the movie that made Brian a feminist. I've always been a feminist. Um, I don't know. Probably. Okay, literally hate you for saying that. I, I'm well, a here's, feminist. Well, here's the thing. I don't call myself a feminist. I don't call myself an ally. I don't believe that you can accurately place those labels upon yourself. I think you have to be given them by someone else, like a military rank. Hmm. Any point who says they're upon you. Yeah. Anyone who says they're a feminist or an ally, like anyone who opens with, I am a feminist or I am an ally is not to be trusted. Look at their tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Milkshake duck them. Yeah. <laughs> Dig deep into the past. That guy has been saying some creepy shit on Reddit. Like that one guy I know who was always like, I'm a feminist. I'm an ally. And then I found all of the stuff that he said on girls gone mild. Oh. Which is creepier than a full-on porn oh, subreddit. Fully, 
Absolutely. Because that is exactly some ally level weird shit anyway. <laughs> mm, I totally agree with you. Yes. Thank you. All right. Oh, that sweater <laughs> looks so good on you. No, that's worse than saying, yeah, baby, show me them tits. There's an, there's an honesty in the tits thing. <laughs> there's I honesty. agree. I agree. I'm glad. <laughs> this is. Stopping <laughs> so disgustingly, pervertedly wholesome, you bastards. <laughs> what is the. <laughs> I got a hot date. Oh, it's, the, it's the thing from The Simpsons where Moe's attached to the lie detector. And it keeps buzzing him because it's like, I got a hot date. Meh. I got a date. Meh. Dinner with a friend. Meh. Dinner alone. Meh. And then it was something like, you know, it was something like watching porn. And then it was like, and he's like, okay, I'm going to be reading the Victoria's Secret catalog. And then he's like, gets buzzed again. He's like, all right, it's the Sears catalog. And then, and then he's like, get me out of this thing. I don't deserve this shabby treatment. And then it buzzes again. <laughs> anyway this is the part in every episode where we've gone too long and so i just start fully explaining moments from the simpsons golden years no i i, I think um i think we maybe have said our piece about the film yes well do you feel as fair. though i've done an adequate job of like explaining the the like the the feminist side of this or like the cultural import of it like one of the things i like is a movie that can operate just as like, whoa, that's cool. But also, if you are willing, I feel like I just said this like in the last three weeks too. If you're willing to put in the time, it also has that other layer, but that layer is not necessary to engage with the movie in a fun way. Right. We I just said this exact same thing about something we just talked about, but now I can't remember what we've talked about recently. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. If anyone at home remembers, email us, podcast at thefilmstage.com. It might be Iron Claw or the boy with the heron. Or the boy things. with the heron. The boy and the heron. <laughs> <laughs> or I might have talked about it during Saltburner Poor. I can see myself saying this in a, in relation to all of these movies, either in favor of the movie or explaining why the movie is a problem. I'm going to say it was probably the Iron Claw. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to watch Proxima or Novitiate. Or the novice, or or household saints. <laughs> no, I'm probably gonna go watch Warrior. I don't know why you're so resistant. Because Warrior's on. <laughs> oh, okay. Warriors. I'm gonna watch Squid Game: The Challenge. That's so weird. Like, it's first of all, it's weird that like they're they make this show that's like capitalism's a nightmare. These people are willing to die to like have their debts forgiven, and they're like, you know what we should do? What we know we should do is we should make that fucking game. It's like if Japan suddenly was like. Hey, we are going to put a bunch of school kids on an island with bomb necklaces. <laughs> that shit was a great idea. I'd watch it. I The bomb necklaces? No, I would just watch some kind of uh, battle. Battle Royale? I mean, essentially, I would just watch like a real life version of um, Lord of the Flies, I guess. Yeah. What I heard actually is that that thing like kind of happened. Like there were a bunch of boys who got stuck. Yeah, there were. But like there were, and they they did great. Right, they were like fine. They relied on each other. They like were awesome. Yeah, and really, this is just like an indictment of um, how shitty British society. Yeah, William Golding is like, well, that's not cool. Well, you know, it's cool is if they all started murdering one another, especially if they started with the fat one. Really, just says more about the culture of. British boarding schools for boys more than anything about human nature. Definitely. Just like Harry Potter. 
Fuck you. I don't know. I never read Harry Potter. I just couldn't think of another British boarding school thing. Um, this is like, you've probably told me this a thousand times and it's so upsetting to me that I just forget it. You just time. black it out. Hysterical blindness. I literally do. I'm not going to remember this conversation. And then you're going to say this again in like three months. So I'm be like, what? <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Um well so yeah, that's that's so okay, so I guess, you know, in in closing, I think it's great. It's a feminist masterpiece, blah blah, blah whatever. <laughs> in my closing remarks. I don't know. Like you asked about so do you feel as though I adequately answered your your question about its social and feminist whatevers? Sure. And I'll be honest, it is so not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That was the last one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not even making a joke. That's just literally where my brain goes. I understand that. And it's incredible. And I like it. (laughs) It's totally fine (laughs) with me. (laughs) I'm reading the Barbara Streisand memoir. And she cites this fact a lot, which is that she can't read music. She doesn't understand music theory. She completely relies on her brain. Well, you know I mean, what? She is well, you know what Niels some Bohr kind of genius? says. Niels Bohr says it's not important that you can read the music; it's that you can hear the music. Sure, Niels. That was that and was an Oppenheimer reference. That you I'm sure it was because you've seen the movie ten hundred times. Yeah, that's what I'm going to watch again tonight. It's almost Niels, ten o'clock. Sicko. I'm just going to start some Oppenheimer. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think I just love that she's like always constantly just like I don't understand music. I, I can't tell you how it's written. All I know is if it's right or wrong. And I'm like, you know what, Barbara? Once again, I agree with you and I feel you. Because I have had that thought many times as I was reading this book. Like, yes, Barbara. I get you. I have not. We should do I a have... Barbara movie. Didn't, didn't Blank Check just do a bunch of Barbara Streisand movies? Did what? Blank Check with Griffin and oh, David. Oh, I would have no fucking clue. I don't know. Whenever they do someone who I don't know, I don't listen. Or someone that I don't care about, I don't listen. So, you know, they did Buster Keaton recently, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to be here for that. They're about to start doing John McTiernan, though, so I'm excited about that. Anyway, that's a plug for a much more popular podcast that doesn't (laughs) need it. All right. So anyway, uh, Barbara Streisand, great. Um I just think about her and I think about that stupid thing with her house. Oh, yeah. The Streisand. Is that in there? Is that in the book? And we haven't gotten to it, but it's kind of funny because at some point she references the fact that like the more in the press she would refute, you know, a reputation or something, the more that they would glom onto it. And it's like, girl, you should have learned this lesson. You did. You say you learned this lesson, but you did not learn this lesson. You know. You know. What the that more attention you bring to something, that reminds me of the, the movie Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Anatomy of a Fall. So takeaway is Brian loved this movie. Yeah. I liked it and had a lot of critiques. Indeed. Well, that's it for today. Uh, next week we'll be talking about. Well, I guess not next week, right? Because next week we're kind of going to be off. Our next episode will yes. be our top 10 top ten films of 2023. Woot. So look forward to that. I'm going to have to go through. I, I need to get better at letterboxing shit because um, I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know what I watched. So I just got to look at other people's lists. I got to look at the episodes we've done. I got to try to scrape all that shit into a pile and then cut it into lines and snort it and see which one gets me highest. 
Mm-hmm. That analogy went off the rails. Anyway, looking forward to that. Don't forget to go to MUBI.com slash Filmstage for a free 30-day trial of movie so you can see Warrior with me. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm just going to spend the rest of this episode recording me watching Warrior. Um, it's not going to be a actual like conversation, though. I'm not going to do like a commentary track. I'm just going to go like, God damn. <laughs> Some like yeah. anti-ASMR shit. Yeah, it's gonna it's literally gonna be me and everyone's I'm just gonna like, yeah. Oh fuck, damn. Oh. It's gonna be real unnecessary. Anyway, mubi.com slash film. Brian's gone mild. <laughs> Never mild, always spicy. Um it's, no. Uh, mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial subscription to movie. Go to patreon.com slash filmstage show to give us your money. Robin Barr, where can people find you and all of your works, ye mighty and despair? Um, between now and the next time, we're in their ears. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, I guess, um, at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. I'm also on Letterboxd, and you can sometimes find my writing at The Hollywood Reporter. All right. As for me, uh, you can find all of my writing over at thefilmstage.com. As long as ever, as well as every episode of this year podcast, find me on all the social media sites at Brian J. Rowan, uh, at least the ones I'm a part of. If you happen to go on any other sites and find a Brian J. Rowan who's not me, let me know. I'm all about finding a doppelganger and destroying him and stealing his power. And of course, go to inkwellwhiskey.com to learn more about the whiskey that I produce, which is always a fun thing to do. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time. Know what I mean? Peaches and cream. I need to get you moving on my feet. Getting free. Girl, you taste so good.